Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Water, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Today's conversation I am pumped about. I love all our episodes or else you wouldn't be hearing them right now. If we didn't love it, we wouldn't, we wouldn't release it. Even the one that was released during a three day power outage when Houston got ice and snow a couple years back. Yeah. It was released from a hot spot. Yeah. Plugged into my pickup truck in the garage in the middle of the night. Even that one. We love it. But today, (laughs) today might be one of those where it becomes one of the more impactful conversations that you and I can have. Yeah, there you go. I like that. ESPN Instant Classic if you're a sports fan. So we're going to dive into what predicts drug-free type 2 diabetes remission. And Mm -hmm. if you don't have diabetes, don't worry. We've got a bunch of stuff for you too. So before we dive into that, I want to welcome everybody in. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us a shot and adding us into your fasting journey. If you want to hear more, about our story and how we ended up here, hundreds of episodes in, years later, coaching on a day-to-day basis now in terms of blood sugar, health, weight loss, and lifestyle adaptation, then head back to episode one, give it, give it a listen with a little bit of grace, if we could ask, because yeah, we just decided to share our story. We didn't know what we were doing back then. It's been an incredible journey since. So if you're an OG, you've been with us for a while, been on the fasting journey, maybe you were on for a while and then fell off, but you've been consistently working on this fasting concept as a health and weight loss strategy, as well as a lifestyle, then thank you for continuing to listen in. And we really appreciate all of the reviews. The best thing you can do for us to tell the podcast gods that we're doing something of impact, that what we're delivering on a weekly basis is of value and matters is give us a review. We prefer the five-star kind, of course. Those are our favorites. And luckily, that's what we get most of. So we're <laughs> just going to keep delivering you content each and every week. So, yes. Tommy, big mm. picture here when it comes to health and the correlation with weight. We want to look at this kind of from a future pacing perspective of what do the stats say? What does the research say about what we have going on here in the States and across the world when it comes mm. to overall health? The reality is staggering that the statistics specifically around lifestyle-induced conditions and the unhealthy nature of us as a species, right? As humans, when it comes to our lifestyle-induced disease processes. So things like diabetes, which we're going to specifically talk about blood sugar and insulin today, but also heart diseases, cancers, PCOS, COPD, Alzheimer's, cholesterol issues, a stroke, cardiovascular disease, metabolic syndrome, obesity, all of these things that have been identified as a lifestyle type condition. 
The good news is, is that that means you have a choice. And that's what we really want to highlight today is that if you are one of the 80 million Americans, like I was, like you were, either on the path or already a pre-diabetic and not knowing it, then this message is for you. If you are a short-term, recently diagnosed, six years or less type 2 diabetic, or maybe you've had the disease for years, this message is for you. And if you're someone that wants to get the weight off, never have to worry about becoming a pre-diabetic, diagnosed or undiagnosed, or a full-blown diabetic, which then leads to all of the other cardiometabolic lifestyle diseases, then this message is for you. And we're going to have a clear call to action here at the end. And we want to deliver you a resource, the Blueprint to Fasting for Fat Loss, that's going to help you sift through the unlimited information, (laughs) most of it we don't agree with, in terms of how to lose weight, get healthy, and prevent disease long-term. Yeah, a lot of confusing stuff out there from a lot of sources that don't necessarily have the track record of, of watching the process or watching the process reverse if we're talking about type 2 diabetes or blood sugar-related issues. So I feel like understanding that you, you have a choice is incredibly empowering, but also just the fact that I, I hear a lot of people talk about their weight in terms of, I'd like to be healthy, but don't necessarily want to focus on losing the weight, you know? But there's, there's, kind of, there's kind of a hidden connection or, or not so hidden connection, but there's also a little cognitive dissonance that can kind of come in there too, where I'd, I'd really like to be healthy, but I, I don't want to just feel like it's about the superficial, almost like I'm, I'm thinking about the weight in just a superficial way. So I'm going to encourage everyone that it's not superficial to think about needing to lose the weight. You're, you're on to something. You're on to the fact that I probably, I feel like I don't need it. I feel like it's, it's kind of quote unquote weighing me down, you know, or it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, right. (laughs) It's kind of, it's like, it's, it's a drag. It's, it's literally like a drag, but it's also doing the same thing on so many, so many body systems, so many physiological systems that things start to make sense in a study like this that we're going to go through where it starts to connect the pieces that aren't just necessarily intuitively connected right there. This article clearly connects those pieces yeah, in a way that we haven't seen some statements being made. And we're like, whoa, that's why the excitement around breaking this down, as well as some supplemental materials that come with it, and another study in the Clinical Diabetes Journal, Journal of Clinical Diabetes and Endocrinology as well. So let's hop into it. This comes out of the BMJ Nutrition Prevention and Health Journal. So nutrition.bmj.com. And the study is, what predicts drug-free type 2 diabetes remission? Insights from an eight-year general practice service evaluation of a lower-carbohydrate diet with weight loss. Big picture. The results are incredible, first and foremost, okay? Mm -hmm. Not unlike what we see day in and day out, right? True, yeah. My dad was one of the first guinea pigs of the program, like of how to adapt to fasting and how to reverse your diabetes and how to come off medications. And he's an old dog, doesn't like to learn new tricks. And he's been diagnosed with diabetes for a while, on insulin for a while, and he was able to do it. So if it can undo years of disease process, what we're going to unpack today, then it can also be your solution for prevention. Your end-all, be-all solution. 
you don't have to have the label first. Right. Yeah. You don't have to be deep down the rabbit hole with all the, the trouble in order to do the things that would reverse it. You can use those same tools to prevent it. Right. That's right. what you're saying. Right. Love that. So we have a lot of questions that come in. What's the right fasting schedule? Do I have to eat low carb? Because most people go in today's world, like, oh, I got to cut out the carbs. Yeah. You've heard us talk about this. We've done episodes on this. It's not the carbohydrate necessarily. It's the refined processed crap that's in yeah. that's at at our fingertips 24-7. Sure. So there's a personal responsibility piece to the choices we make. But low carb and getting your steps in and eating less and moving more, right? Calorie restriction, next diet, next plan, next meal plan, next recipe pack, right? Et cetera. Next cardio session. Yeah, next, yeah, isn't working. We wouldn't have the exponential or the, the, the speedy increase that we're seeing in these 80 million Americans and then another 27 to 30 that are full-blown diabetics. Mm. That's 100 and, I'm not good at math on the fly, 120, 110 110 million Americans. I don't know what the population in the U.S. right now is, but I'm, I'm guessing that's close to a third. Yeah, probably. Staggering either way. So let's dive into it because you're going to be surprised. And we are not by now. Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong. We are not by now surprised when we look at a fasting study. And we have a fasting study we're going to talk about here too. And they're looking at time-restricted eating or they're looking at weight loss studies. And the low-carb group is like not low-carb to us by definition. Yeah. Right? It's it's shocking when it's like, oh, the low carb control group was 45, 50% carbohydrate? Mm -hmm. Huh. Okay. And it wasn't very effective, huh? Right. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Weird, right? So let's unpack the study. The background. Type 2 diabetes is often regarded as a progressive lifelong disease requiring an increasing number of drugs. It's always about maintenance, right? Or maintaining or or it's not normally about reversal. Yeah, it's about managing. Managing. That's managing. the that's the word. You could see I was struggling yeah. for a word there. Yeah. Keep it keep it steady. Keep it nice and even. So this study was advice on a lower carb diet and weight loss was offered routinely to people with type 2 diabetes. I love this from 2013 to 2021 in a suburban practice with 9800 patients. Conventional one-to-one -one general practitioner consultations were used supplemented by group consultations and personal phone calls as necessary. So there's a big support piece here yeah, that we talk a lot about as well. So the results in themselves were pretty staggering. And there's a couple of big takeaways, Tommy, but there's one that's not really like a big aha, but it should offer hope. Yeah. I think the fact that they went through this for 33 months. On and average. Then, yeah. On average, about 33 months. And then during this low carbohydrate approach, weight fell from on average 97 to 86 kilograms. So everybody lost on average about 20 pounds going through this protocol. Huge reduction in HbA1c. Incredible, incredible reduction. And then remission achieved in 77% who had diabetes less than one year. Like incredible. Like the, the, the core message there being that the shorter they had full-blown diabetes, the more clear of a path it was to actually get it into remission. I'm going to want to talk more about that later on in the discussion, but 
for, for now in this study, I, I think that's a huge point. So if you were more recently diagnosed, remember the, the intro here a few minutes ago, 77%, right? If you were diagnosed within the most recent year, that, that's what you're saying there, right? Yeah. If you had it for more than 15 years, it was still 20% achieved remission. Second half of today's conversation is going to be about the intermittent fasting piece where we can accelerate that. My dad had it. He reversed it. He threw gas on the fire because he added the fasting piece where we're just talking about the food management support piece. Mm -hmm. When someone makes a decision, they want to go low carb and try to reverse their diabetes and come off their medications. Yeah. Overall, remission was 51%. LDLs decreased, triglycerides decreased, blood pressure decreased, never mind the medication savings. Anybody looked at the prices of insulin lately? Holy moly. So let's talk about the percentage of carbohydrate intake because it it was like, wow, that's actually higher than I was expecting it to be, but a lot lower than what a lot of the other studies we've talked about in the past on this podcast. Those really can vary from study to study. But when, when we're looking at it like here, so the way that they actually advised the patients in this population was they were giving them guidelines, like what, what to restrict, what was okay, what about alcohol, what about breads, what about cheeses, things like that. Like they weren't dictating every single plate, which I thought was pretty interesting too, because sometimes in studies that we see where they actually do that, then it can kind of be like hard to sustain, hard to see my, myself sustaining that over long periods of time when it's very much like a prescribed plate. So that, that was part of the cool thing too here which is, I think, contributed to, to some of the groundbreaking results in this study, which were like with the support piece and the general guidelines, almost teaching, teaching them how to eat in a, in a proportion that was going to be serving their long-term health goals rather than a prescription, which then becomes like the next diet. And then almost like the on-off if I fall off, right? Like, did you see that too? Yeah. It's very rare that like after a medication is introduced that somebody makes the necessary lifestyle changes to get off of it. It's very rare. I mean, just think about your friends True. and family and loved ones, and it's rare. My dad came off 15 now. He's yeah. only got two left, and I'm just like, Dad, I mean, come on. Let's do this, right? Let's He's go. happy, yeah. right? <laughs> Retirement, living the dream. So one of the things that we noticed is there needs to be an understanding of physiologically what's going on as the patient or as the, as the client, but then you also need to know that you have the ability to change it. So these food guidelines aren't overly crazy in terms of just cut out the excess sugar and crap. Not the yeah. stuff that's in the fruit, okay? Not the berries. <laughs> it's fine. Don't cut out of the vegetables just because they have some garbage. And reduce the starchy carbs a lot, like the whites, the cereals, the stuff that comes in the boxes, the stuff that's prepackaged, right? All the green veggies and stuff is, is allowed. Focus on protein, healthy fats, beware of low-fat foods, you know, avoid snacking. Well, duh, we're going to talk about fasting and reducing insulin and reversing diabetes. Yeah, of course. They say watch alcohol because that just, boom, automatically shuts down fat burning, full of carbs, stocks the liver with fat. Watch about artificial sweeteners. But I love where they talked about the actual like steps where there is a shared goal between the doctor and the patient. How many times a week, Tommy, do we hear from folks, well, my doctor's putting me on this, or my doctor said I need to go on this medication? Well, what the hell do you think? What do you want? Is that what you want? I mean, I've done thousands of consults over the years. I don't ever remember someone saying, yeah, I really want to be on this medication. Sure. There's a shared goal here. And then you explore the relevant resources. Like, so you need some understanding. 
in the patient, the client or the patient's decision to want to make a change. And then you agree on the increments or the, the necessary steps to get there. And then you have conversations and support over the time, over this, over this process to make sure that you're continually working towards your goals. It's not rocket science, but it's so difficult because this isn't a normal operating procedure for most healthcare providers. Yeah. And we haven't even said the word fasting yet in that part of the conversation either. We haven't even gotten there. Yeah. Do you think a lot of times the providers might just be so used to so many patients not being willing to to make the change or them not knowing what change should be? I think it's both. It's probably most of of the secondary there Mm. of the latter. I mean, Dr. Fung even said it. He didn't realize it until years into his practice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because when we go into the nutrition recommendations here, basically they, they drew the line in the sand at about 130 grams of carbs per day. 130 grams of carbs per day. I mean, that's that's very doable. You guys out there doing yeah. low carb or keto? <laughs> I guarantee you're aiming Your for like exploded. <laughs> 50 carbs or less. Yeah. Some of y'all are like 20 carbs or less. Yeah. We see some people report back with like five or nine grams. And they're like, oh, man, I, I didn't quite get it to zero. Okay, listen, it's listen, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, these results happened in this study and folks that shouldn't be eating a lot of carbohydrates because that is the biggest insulin promoter, insulin mm-hmm. driver in the body. And they were at 20 to 23% of their daily caloric intake coming from carbohydrates. That's going to be a disconnect for a lot of you out there. The, the folks that are in here are metabolically unhealthy. They have broken physiological pathways, mm-hmm. right? The most that, metabolically unhealthy, yeah. Yeah, you have the yeah. increased liver fat. You have the insulin resistance. You have the excess weight. You have the fat in the pancreas. You have the visceral adiposity around your waist. Your body can't process energy properly. Your kidneys are screaming for help. You're retaining water, right? Because insulin causes your body to retain because of aldosterone. So your blood pressure's going up, your legs are swollen, you're fat, you're tired, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Cravings are through the roof. Yeah, you're on the vicious cycle of just eat, tired, stress, hungry, eat, get tired, stress, hungry, eat, all that stuff. Body thinks it's starving. But if we said to you, as a 15-year diabetic, to my dad, I didn't tell him, and to the folks in our coaching group, I didn't tell him, don't look at a carbohydrate ever again. I said, what can you do? What are you comfortable with doing right now? Instead of three rolls at dinner, could you have one? Let's not just cut out the rolls altogether. Make you not look forward to dinner anymore. Right. Oh, great. I'm going to eat a giant. I'm going to eat like a rabbit. Well, that's not sustainable. So if you want the quickest path to reversal, then yeah, cut your carbs. Prioritize protein, healthy fats. This is without fasting. We haven't even talked about that yet. Yeah. But thinking long-term sustainability, though, this is pretty good. It's a pretty good line in the sand, though. 130 carbs, right? Yeah. Because even if you even if you said like okay around a hundred, but don't don't give myself lashings if it's not perfection, right? Like progress over perfection. Maybe most days I'm going to shoot for about a hundred. If it's 110, 120, okay, cool. Like it's a win. It's a check. Like yeah, I did it. And and at the same time, okay, so what did I do with those those calories or that part of my plate or that bit of satiation that I might be losing out on at this point? Well, start off with a little bit more veggies, a little bit more protein, like have a half serving more of meat when I remove that roll. And like, 
I have, I have good nutritious food coming in and then it's not, it's not keeping me in that kind of like bad target range for blood sugar as much of the time. Spikes not going as high, spikes coming down a bit faster. It's not lasting as long. And that's where my A1C starts to come down to. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air, air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. And we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in and now back to today's episode. So you mentioned A1C, and I want to make sure we unpack that. It was interesting because this wasn't like the, whoa, aha, right? Like crazy, the higher A1C group in the study versus the lower A1C group, the more recently diagnosed group, right? But before we do that, I just don't want to forget, 130 grams of carbohydrate. You guys want to do low carb and you want to restrict and omit and torture yourselves into a corner of just eating salad and foods you don't like. Let's no, zoom out, no, take you. the pressure off a little bit. Okay. More severely diabetic, blood sugar numbers are all over the place. Yeah. Reduce the carbs as low as you can and not feeling like you're going to binge yourself into, you know, a three-day blood sugar spike or an insulin coma. Okay. Listen to this. 250 grams of potato is a lot of potato. <laughs> 
That's 50 grams of carbs. Nice. A prepackaged packet of rice is 61 grams of carbs. Three slices of white bread is three slices of Wonder Bread is 55 grams of carbs. Oh, nice. So you could have six six slices if that was your no. Stop. <laughs> Don't blow up my point here. Okay. Two large apples, 55. One and a half chocolate donuts is 50. 170 grams of, of pasta is 53. A medium sweet potato. So when people ask us, what should I eat? We say, well, what do you like? Well, I should do keto or low carb or what, what works for you. And then we've always said, and interestingly enough, this study used 23%, right, Tommy, if my math's right? Yeah, right around there. On a 2,000 calorie-based diet, 2,000 calorie-day diet, I don't like that word, 2,000 calorie-day intake, we say 40, 40, 20. 40 yeah. protein or higher, maybe 50 one day, maybe 60, right? But 40, 40, 20. And this study backs that up, which is incredible. Yeah, so, 20% of calories coming from, from carbohydrates. It's a good long-term doable balance for most, for most people we found and accelerates the fat loss process. But it's also a good way to maintain that control long-term because there's nothing worse than doing it, getting there, and then giving it back. Like, ah, so frustrating. Right. So let's go over the A1C point. A1C is, is an interesting thing because one of the, the perplexing questions that we get sometimes is like, hey, everything's, everything's good, everything's normal, my A1C is normal, but don't necessarily have like day-to-day or hour-by-hour blood sugar to kind of go along with it. Or, or an fasting fast insulin. insulin, yeah, right. Yeah. And so it, it can be one of those things where sometimes it's showing that there is an issue before other things, but oftentimes it still looks good but you kind of know that there's an issue or like you're, you're trying to figure that out. Why can't I get the weight off or why does it, why does it feel like it's harder than it used to be? Or I, I'm not feeling great after I eat, you know, all these kind of things that are like screaming some sort of metabolic inflexibility or some sort of metabolic issue, right? A1C has its place, right? In the big picture of, are we making some long-term changes here? Mm-hmm. But let's take a patient that has been told they need to get on insulin their fasting insulin is elevated. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's astronomically high. We just heard this number recently. It's in the 200s. Wow. The normal range is six, four, five, or six to 22 to 25, depending on the lab. We like to see under six. So you're at 200. Blood sugars are ranging 150 to 250. Your solution is insulin. Here's your insulin injections. In quotes. Yeah. Right, because all you're doing is proliferating the insulin resistance in itself that your fasted insulin is in the 200s. So the A1C in the goalpost to keep it in the goalpost. I would rather see management with less medication and slightly elevated numbers Mm. that we're actively trying to lower than not actively trying to lower and undermining our progress by using things like medications that promote the disease process. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. Because if the body was able to push out that much more insulin that you're being told to supplement with or Mm -hmm. bring in exogenously, then it already would have been doing that. So which would be proliferating the problem. But that's the reason why these kind of things build up over so many years, because the pancreas can do a lot more than it's normally asked to do when we're at a, a healthy weight, younger in life, you know, all those kind of things. But then we can bring in more insulin. That just because it works to keep the blood sugar a bit lower, at least for a while, doesn't mean it's it's a good solution. Right. It's so what common. we want, right, right, right. And that's why, to your question earlier, what do you think would be the solution? You know, where do you think the problem's coming from? 
in terms of low carb recommendations or dietary changes. I think it's a lack of knowing what to recommend. A lot of it anyway. Because yeah. the system is designed of here's okay, here's your number, here's your here's your symptom, here's your health history, here's your here's your pill or medication here's or procedure. Pill, yeah. So remission is defined as less than 48 millimoles for you international folks or less than 5.7. Okay, for A1C. For A1C. And greater than three months in the absence of diabetes medication. So we're not talking about just people lowering their numbers. We're talking about getting off the medication, maintaining it for three months. The A1C takeaway from here was that the better clinical outcomes were in, irrespective, unrelated to remission, the better clinical outcomes were in the higher A1C group, but more remission took place in the lower A1C group. Duh. (laughs) So instead of 33 months, why don't we go 66? Or, Or we add in some fasting protocols. Ooh, a little superpower. But a little turbo boost. That's foreshadowing. Because there's a couple other things that came out of this first study that we found really impactful. Other than the weight loss and all the metrics, blood metrics coming down and the insane, incredible, I shouldn't say insane because we see it, the incredible remission protocol. Now, remember in the beginning I said, if it is the solution to the problem that you've had for 15 or 20 years, it can also be the prevention. Yeah, it's like learning... That's standing on the shoulders of giants. That's that's learning from people who've been, you know, farther along the timeline. Even if it's a timeline that you don't want to be on or you want to get off of, we can still look ahead. We can we can zoom in, fast forward, and then go, wait a minute, I don't want that. I want to take a different turn before I get to that point. So let me do something differently. So like I, I get to learn from it. Like that's that's a beautiful thing. In in this study, we also saw that a lot of that success over those, you know, 33 months and other timelines was the support component of it. The, yes. the conversational points, the points of like, okay, I'm doing it on my own. It's working. The scale's not going back. Cause we, we know we've talked about fear of regain. Like that can be a big, like mm, a big confidence killer in maintaining progress, fear of regain. It can, it can make us hesitate from doing the things that we know we should be doing or that even have worked in the past. It can be like, oh yeah, but I still think it's going to come back. You know, just that little, like the little devil on your shoulder, you know? And I, I remember, you know, hearing, hearing that in my head, you know, for a while. So the, the support component where you kind of, where you like, you check in and you have a conversation. It's these, these little things over, over time that, that kind of, keep you on the right path. And that, that might be what you're doing right now, like listening to this episode. That, that might be part of it, where it's like, do I really need to hear this again? I, I, I've heard some of these things, like, right, that, that I can reverse or prevent type 2 diabetes. Yeah, but hearing it again a couple months from now might be very, very helpful as a, yeah, just a little checkbox, a little reminder, a little insulator, you know? All right, Tommy. I'm going to do something that I don't know if we planned on doing or not. Uh-oh. That means we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. So one of the cool things about the takeaways, before I get to that, is these outcomes are very different in this study from those reported in many low-carbohydrate diet studies and many studies that we've talked about, and the Mm. reasons must be considered. The striking observation is substantial fall in weight, not always seen in studies of this dietary approach. Remember, we talked about those carbohydrate numbers, yeah, and there are, of course, dozens of factors why one study would work versus why one wouldn't. Now, I'm not a research scientist, so I'm not going to speak above my pay grade. 
or we're just going to interpret what we see. So one of the things that they say here is that getting the, the increase in remission or increase in success was directly tied to the speed of the weight coming off. The faster you got the weight off, the better the outcome. Wow. So don't lose weight too fast. <laughs> yeah. You got to maintain your lean muscle. But I'd also rather be a non-diabetic than a diabetic. So if I lose a pound or two or muscle in the process, but I lose 10 to 12 to 15 to 20 to 30 pounds of fat, I'll take just it. Just like, yes, please. yeah, I'll take it. I'll figure it out when I'm over there. Like a non-diabetic, a non-pre-diabetic, a prevented diabetic, a prevented heart mm. patient, a prevented cardiometabolic risk, a prevented insert the dozens of things that are related to insulin resistance and poor health outcomes. Former future diabetic. Right. A former generational curse. And you may yeah. never even get, you may not get to the metabolic state of diabetes because we know it goes, insulin can be elevated for years before it shows up. But things like creeping of the A1C up from three month to three month test is a reflection of carb creep. Yeah. Where what the patient or the client was doing earlier, they're not doing anymore. And they recognize this. So the ongoing support is essential in preventing a return to the old habits. This is something that we preach and that we've done in our own lives and now thousands of others through the challenges and hundreds of others through the coaching. And never mind, we talk about the processed foods that are harder to give up because of those, air quotes, addictive qualities, bliss points, the satiation, the mouthfeel, all that stuff. Those are tough. So it's diet-focused, but it's support-focused. And that's why we love this study so much because. The offer of hope while encouraging folks to consider different approaches to type 2 diabetes remission, management, and or prevention. So this Norwood Surgery Center that this study came out of has improved, the type 2 diabetes remission rate has improved every single year since 2007. Wow. That's awesome. Clear messages coupled with hope delivered by supportive peers and professionals. And that weight loss key is so important. We need to get the weight off. You're not going to die in the process. I promise you, you're going to be given your life back. Quite the opposite. Right? So when we yeah. talk about the physiological stuff, it's getting the weight off reveals the physiological changes during remission. So reduction in liver fat. We did a whole episode on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. It's rapidly increasing in this country. Liver fat decreased, right? From 16 to 3%. And that then wow. completely reverses the liver insulin resistance, which then causes fasting high blood sugar or hyperglycemia. Sharp reductions in triglycerides, they peak quickly and then they eventually decline when you start adopting a fasting lifestyle. And it's safe and effective. Your pancreas has decreased fat which takes the metabolic stress off of the system and allows those beta cells in your insulin, in your, in your, ki in your kidneys, <laughs> in your pancreas, to function better. Yeah, that's something I don't hear talked about very often. But the, the stress that's happening inside of your pancreas to actually be able to deliver the insulin that you need comes from what, what we always talk about, visceral fat. Right. There's, like more fat in and around the pancreas is like, it's, it's literally just jamming up the system. Like we need to get it the heck out of there. Right. Without painting ourselves into a corner of like, yeah, but I, I, I heard too fast is, you know, is, is a problem. 
I heard, I heard all these things, you know, like we, we hear a lot 24 of hour, 24 hour fast. Should I do the five, two? Should I do the alternate day? Should I do, I don't know. Go get the blueprint. Go to the show notes, click the link, the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. There's fasting schedules in there. Just like the second article that came out of the clinical, the journal of clinical diabetes and endocrinology in February of 2021. I love that this stuff is now showing up in the research, man. Intermittent fasting. Is there a role in the treatment of diabetes? A review of the literature and guide for primary care physicians. These two studies that we were talking about, this Norwood study and this study, the incredible part is that someone finally put some of the, they've had a research center or a clinical setting where they could put, well, the Norwood study, yes, they have a center where they do this. And this study is a review of the literature and the guide for primary care physicians. And there's so much overlap between the two. So they talk about type 2 diabetes. They talk about insulin resistance and the liver, skeletal muscle, and fat tissue, right? Those are the three things. Those are the three main players in insulin resistance, which then drives blood sugar and diabetes and all the other stuff we talked about in the beginning. But they also talk about the hormonal mechanisms. So they went in and they searched PubMed, Ovid, Medline, and Google Scholar, and they found case studies, uh, excuse me, clinical trials, review articles, and case series related to type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, and intermittent fasting. The majority of the available research demonstrates that intermittent fasting is effective at reducing body weight, decreasing fasting glucose, decreasing fasting insulin, reducing insulin resistance, decreasing levels of leptin, your satiety hormone that acts in opposite of ghrelin. Ghrelin's the hunger hormone. When you start fasting and your stomach's empty, your ghrelin growl. That's how I remembered it. Growl. <laughs> ghrelin, right? Right. Like the hunger pangs, your stomach's growling. So decreasing leptin. First of all, Hunger's leptin's not, not working properly. But yeah. we want to eventually see that balance out and increasing levels of autoprotectin. Some studies found that patients were able to reverse their need for insulin therapy during therapeutic intermittent fasting protocols. Whoa. So you got fasting over here. You got low-carb diabetes over here, but low-carb, not really low-carb, 20% low-carb. Yeah. Now we're talking moderate quite, carb. yeah, moderate-carb with support and encouragement and hope. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about real life change prevention and or if you want if you're on the spectrum of diabetes that's been going on for 30 years yeah and you want to reverse it and come off your insulin boom mm -hmm. if you want to prevent it and never get it and you're just carrying an extra 20 30 pounds around and you're annoyed by it right not the superficial <laughs> i just got to lose weight but i just know i can yeah. feel better and have a better quality of life and and like overall longer, just know better right combine the two and i didn't know we were going to end up here today tommy but this is this is what we do. Yeah. That's why we do it too. It's so powerful. I didn't realize it. But like yeah, yeah, that's why I, I said I was going to say something that we've never said before. So we get a lot of questions about coaching. Like what do you do? And I'm like, "Well, we have a we have a, a VIP coaching experience. We don't call it a a group coaching. We call it a coaching experience or a VIP experience." And the only way you could ever get in was through challenges. You'd come through one of our 7-day lifestyle fasting challenges. We just did one. Mm -hmm incredible results, incredible yes. group. Loved it. Right. But we're getting more and more like, Hey, what do I do? How do I do this? Because the yeah. tactical matters, but it's only, which is why I love this first article from the Norwood surgery center. It's only a small component. It's the back and forth, the support. They even said in this study, zoom meetings are a right. huge proponent of success. We know because it, <laughs> it's that touch point, which is what we do. Yeah. It's the reason we've been doing Zoom meetings for support for three years. I still hit the wrong buttons, though. Uh, yeah, well, that's so, okay. Yeah, what are you going to do? Fasting is a solution. It gets to the root cause. It decreases insulin. Real-life, low-carbohydrate, diabetes remission proof. 
Well, how do we get you there? Well, you got to take an action. First of all, you got to decide. Right. Then you got to take an action. That's why we created the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. It's 20 pages. It's yours. Go to the show notes, click the link. We'll zoom it into your inbox. You can have it. If you're looking for additional support, send us an email, info at thefastingforlife.com, and we'll start a conversation and see what we can do to help, Tommy. Final thoughts as we wrap up today? Final thoughts is that there was so much hope and perspective in between both of these. I just, I loved it. I love the fact that it's bringing some of the pieces together that are like so disconnected, you know, out there. And one thing that I did notice that we forgot to mention is just Uh the fact that the range of patients that came through this, that saw the hope, that saw the remission, that saw the reversing and the sustaining of control over their previous diabetes, they they had patients with 9.5 plus A1Cs. They had patients who had had this for years, been struggling with it. So the hope is absolutely out there. So if you find yourself going, yeah, but it might not be me. I might be too far, or I may have been dealing with this for, for too long, or it's just, it's, it's going to be tough. No, it absolutely can be you for sure. 1000%. So let's take some action and then get a result. And then we'll, we'll go from there. We always like to say peek behind the curtain too. You guys heard our journey, our story, full transparency. We tell stories about our fasting wins and losses and struggles, right? Sure. Going to the Mexican restaurant every Friday. Oh man. Yeah. And saying no and nobody caring until the one time I said, nah, no one's ever asked me. Yeah. And then the next week it was like, Hey, are you eating? I'm like, no, I'm actually good. I don't feel good when I eat Mexican food. Oh, and then they just forgot and we went on. Right. Yeah. So this study, these two studies, there's so much overlap of things that we're doing as part of our experience with helping others in our own Mm -hmm. journey of pre and post labs and DEXA scans and all the stuff, right? The researchy stuff. But there's stuff that we're going to borrow from these studies Mm -hmm. because they've connected the abstract, the application, and the clinical recommendations. So I'm excited to like unpack this more as we've already started to because we've had this article, these articles for a while. Putting some of these pieces in just like, yeah, you need to increase your sodium level, your salt, your healthy therapeutic mineral-based salts in the beginning because you're crushing your electrolyte and your your water imbalance when you start the low carb or fasting. Yeah. You need that. Well, that's in here. They're literally telling the providers, increase your salt. How many of you gone to your doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, you got to reduce your salt intake, that blood pressure. Woof. Woof. Yeah. Woof. (laughs) Right. I guess, I guess it's salt, right? So just the fact that the carbohydrate number, we recommend 40, 40, 20, boom, they use 23 to get these results. So I'm just pumped to continue to level up and continue to dive in and continue to build a way of getting results that's that's unlike any other. So that's why I was like, at the beginning of this, I was kind of like wading into the excitement, but I've been, I'm like fired up. Like at the beginning, I was like, let's go, let's go, I'm ready. <laughs> so if you're listening going, okay, that was a lot. Cool, you can go back and re-listen, not a big deal. Head to the show notes though. Grab the Blueprint to Fasting for Fat Loss. It's a quick read. It's got tons of visuals. It'll connect some of the dots that we talked about today. Yeah. If you're looking for more support, info at thefastingforlife.com, thefastingforlife.com, info at thefastingforlife.com. You can just go to the website, thefastingforlife.com, click the contact us Mm -hmm. button, and it'll get you directly into my inbox. Okay. Yeah. I'm Scott, by the way. It's audio medium. So that's true. (laughs) As we wrap up today, hope, encouragement, 
You have a choice. We want you to take that next step. We appreciate all of you listening. Tommy, as always, thank you for a great conversation. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.